Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the exciting science behind HRV and how you can apply it to your own health and the work that you do. Just a note, this podcast does not replace medical advice, and if you're going to apply this to your own life or others, please consult with a medical provider. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to another episode of the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. Jeff Summers here with uh, my partner, Matt Bennett. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Matt. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Hopefully, well, after last week's discussion, hopefully, uh, you, I was going to say, hopefully you've seen some increase uh, in, in your scores, but apparently that's not the case, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm, I'm going in the wrong direction. Uh, last two days have been in the 20s. Uh, as I shared last time, I think my all-time average is right around 63. Uh, so I thought it was burnout. Uh, did a whole show on burnout. Uh, with this, I know that that's part of this because I can tell you that I'm really exhausted. Uh, you know, uh, doing a lot of training, need, needed that extra day off. But yeah, it was... Uh, it was kind of depressing to see uh, the scores just keep keep going down. So as we were talking, uh, you know, thinking about maybe getting a COVID test, uh, I don't think my symptoms, because I am feeling ill, they're not really COVID. And my wife being a first grade teacher has started to bring home first grade germs, which were like non-existent. Yeah, for, exactly. Like, back, so. Even when she went back in person, it's like, are you still wearing the mask or, or what, what's, why, is, why are these things coming home? I had a whole 12 months, <laughs> not a whole lot to celebrate in the last year, except still being alive and still being right. alive on all different kinds of levels. But uh, like, it was nice not to go, it was 12 months without a first grade illness uh, coming home. <laughs> and uh, I might have a now couple of those, so I don't know. It's like, you know, like I said, we talk about like the end of one, um, big question mark there. So I, I think if I'm down for a couple more days, uh, I don't have anything leaving the housewives happening. Uh, so no real until I, until I'm coming to your house on Saturday. So uh, <laughs> nothing really on the agenda until coming over you. So uh, I'll, right. I'll keep track of my HRV and probably need to get a test at some point. But uh, hoping that sleep, you know, eating well, resting will do it. But uh, you know, you just kind of keeps going down. So uh, yeah, uh, I don't think my healthcare providers are in a place yet to say, hey, my HRV is crashing. I, I need your help. But uh, yeah, maybe uh, getting one of those drive-through tests or something like that sometime soon might not be a bad idea. So uh, uh, yikes. In of yeah. one, in of <laughs> one. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We're going to make this podcast the, the Matt uh, HRV trend. You know? <laughs> what is wrong with Matt? Diagnosing <laughs> Matt through heart rate variability. <laughs> <laughs> We've just come up with a new name. No, yes. but I thought, uh, you know, I think this is kind of relevant to the, the discussion today that we're going to continue. I know we sort of took a break a couple weeks ago. Yeah. We started talking about returning to the quote unquote new normal. Yeah. Um, and how you can sort of use your, your HRV trends to, you know, kind of help you through the process a little bit. We talked really focused on individuals and yeah. you know, going back to work and being back out in, uh, in public and some folks not wearing masks and, you know, all these restrictions being lifted and all those kinds of things um, are happening. And that's a, a change for, for yeah. people. And, you know, some people are, are 
better equipped or in a different place to handle it than others. And that's totally understandable. Yeah. But it also affects organizations as a whole, you know, as yeah. individuals make up teams and teams make up organizations. And so, you know, as part two of that discussion with the little break in between, um, you know, I think today we'll focus on what this means to organizations, effectiveness, efficiency, um, you know, output, uh, you know, just as a, as a leader of an organization, how do you handle it? Yeah. You know, those kinds of topics I think are, are very, should be interesting to folks who are starting to welcome people back into the office and changing the way that people are doing work, regardless of what your profession is. Uh, it's changing again. Yeah, so. absolutely. And um, I've been working with a couple uh, here uh, locally, Mile High United Way, some folks uh, in Nevada who kind of statewide uh, health uh, care kind of continuum and training organization. Um, also, uh, other, a few other organizations looking at it as well, because one of the things that, you know, we, we talked to, touched a little bit of this from the individual perspective uh, last time is, I really believe, and obviously my focus is on the healthcare, kind of helping and healing uh, occupations, but really, I, I think for, for most everybody, uh, depending on what your industry is and, and what has happened in your industry, but really the last 13, 14 months now, I really believe posed one of the largest leadership management challenges in my lifetime. In fact, I couldn't think about something that came close to the last 14 months. Uh, I know I've been through, you know, now I'm all like, oh yeah, every 10 years we go through a recession. We had the great recession, not to minimize any of that, but, but my experience with, the systems I've worked in is, yeah, those were big challenges. Um, but you kind of within a month or so for most of us saw, okay, there, there's another side to this. Uh, and as we talked about with the individuals, Jeff, is 14 months now of living under an intense amount of stress. I use the word chronic trauma for that. As we, we know, uh, scientific fact is when you're under a huge amount of stress for an extended period of time, it starts to do damage to your nervous system, uh, to your immune system, to your, uh, you know, the cognitive, the prefrontal cortex. Uh, I think part of what I'm feeling, part of it, uh, there may be other things going on and, you know, who wants to spend an hour diagnosing me? We tried that last time and it didn't work. Uh, you, you know, it, it's, we're, we're carrying around this exhaustion. So, you know, so we're coming out, just just let's set this up, you know, with HRV again, being very simply managing our ability to handle or recovering from stress. So we've been under this load of stress for 14 months now. And as I always like to say, yeah, we've had COVID. COVID disrupted our homeostasis. Most of us were used to doing our jobs a certain way like that, we had to make significant adjustments. And there's going to be good that comes out of having to make those, but we didn't have time to run, uh, you know, any kind of implementation science or quality improvement processes or setting up change in a way that we know really promotes change that improves outcomes. And, and so we got a whole lot of challenges and then we've been under this. And so we've had the work 
we've had the life challenges, uh, you know, having kids at home right next to you, trying to learn uh, reading, writing, math, those sort of things. Just having a house that, you know, may have not been populated. Now you're cramming four or five people in there all day, every day, you know, those, those disruptions. And as we published this, uh, we were talking before, you know, there's just a lot of stirring up again of uh, the focus on racial justice in our communities that don't think if you're a supervisor, people aren't thinking about equity within the workplace. Have we had space for those important yet very intense uh, conversations uh, along the way as well? And again, here in the United States, at least our politics have been absolutely nuts. So, you know, we're, we're now carrying all this. And as we get the vaccines out there, you know, I think here in the United States, about the time we hit summertime, and I think probably, you know, late June, which is technically summer, that's um, kind of probably going to get back to where Jeff and I may be able to go to a concert at Red Rocks or something like that. <laughs> maybe, hey, could we maybe get Nuggets playoff tickets? Playoff you know? game. Absolutely. Yeah, those things that were just like not on the radar, like, oh, okay, I mean, I get that second vaccine. I want to be healthy for everybody else still, but you know, that's when I can kind of go back to living a fairly normal yet safe existence. So, so we've been through all this and what I'm seeing, Jeff, and this is where I want to put this on leaders radar, uh, a vaccine does nothing for your mental health. Um, now I say that with a little bit of a acknowledgement that, Hey, me going back to normal, me going to Red Rocks, me maybe seeing a Nuggets playoff game, makes me happy. So, so sure. I'm not saying it has no impact because being vaccinated does. However, it relieves some stress too, right? Of, of, of getting the, getting sick. Absolutely. But yeah. here's, here's what, this is what I've been researching talking about is, you know, and again, to, to review this is 14 months of this chronic stress creates a traumatic reaction in a lot of us. I'm not saying everybody. And this is what's walking in as a workforce, as a team, as an organization into this new normal. Um, and what I, what I think where I'm seeing leaders get stuck because leaders, we are burned out as well. So we're, we're like, oh, uh, think we can get shots. Yeah, we can open the office back up. Hallelujah. Uh, everything's back to normal. Back to normal. Nope. It's all that stress, uh, whether it's around politics, uh, racial justice, uh, you know, and if you're an international folks and not paying attention to our news, the trial for George Floyd's happening um, while we go through these national tragedies of shooting and, uh, you know, you know, police violence against unarmed black men, all this stuff is continuing, you know, to happen in our country. So, all this is walking back into that quote unquote new normal. So, you know, we spent a good uh, series and I'd really encourage any leaders, managers to go back and listen to that on the job uh, demands and resource model as a way. It's one of the, the most listened to podcasts that, yep. that we've got, you know, we've got a pretty solid following these days. And that, yep. one, yeah, that series was one of the, the, uh, the most popular yeah, so, so get back there because as we look at heart rate variability, it is time. It, it is, there's no time better than the present. I'm not trying to do a sales pitch for optimal HRV, but it's, it's now. It, this is, how are you going to measure? 
that and that's got to be a key. And I, you know, the great thing with the the uh, job demands and resource model, I love the Gallup 12 questions can fit, I think, the best uh, measure of engagement and business history and connection to outcomes. So Gallup 12 can really measure your your success with engaging your workforce. How do you know the are your folks burned out? And, and that is where starting to get, especially if you're looking at transitioning, get the baselines, get baselines of where your folks are at as soon as possible. And once you get those baselines, then you can measure the transition in. And even if you're just starting heart rate variability readings, you know, look at those against population norms. Uh, you know, our one of the things we made sure that uh, our dashboard does is leaders can log in and see how their organization, how specific teams are doing versus population norms. And that's going to give you some real good data on the health and wellness of your workforce, because you need to measure that as well. And there's other burnout surveys on that, but we're dealing with such unique times as to get information of, here's what we need to do every day. Here's how we're doing today. Here's how we're doing this week. And hopefully as whatever new normal looks like when we build a homeostasis or balance to what life looks like six months from now, we can measure our success. And like I said, I'm a big fan of Gallup 12, maybe doing that survey even every month. It's 12 questions. You can put it in a, uh, you know, survey monkey, pretty easy uh, right. to do that. But boy, those Starbucks gift card information though. are going to tell you. Are, are the, you're going to get the health of your workforce, your leadership strategies to build engagement. We know that those two things dramatically impact health outcomes. So uh, this, this I, I think this is the, I know this is the time where employee health and wellness is going to have an oversized result on the outcomes of our organizations, both in what we're trying to deliver, but also financially um, as well. And you know, Jeff, which leads my question to you is what's going on in the business realm? What, what is going as you, as you, you know, is anybody talking like in the helping and healing environments, I'm doing my best to put this on people's radar, um, you know, and successfully in some situations, but I, I just, I love to hear, you know, sort of in the tech world, you know, in, in the folks you're talking to, uh, you know, what, what are you seeing on, on your side of the fence? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, just now starting to really talk about large scale return to the office. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of plans to ease into that, depending upon your role, what you do, how how much of being in the office is required for you. You know, and, and everybody's different. Support staff going to be different than salespeople, different than you know engineers, that kind of stuff. Um, a, a lot of companies are, are doing the right thing and, and kind of polling employees and saying, hey, the first phase is going to be voluntary. Yeah. I mean, you've seen some you know, big tech companies that are just saying people can be remote forever if they want. We're not right. going to require any, any return to office. Uh, we're also seeing uh, organizations divest a little bit from the large office, you know, kind of home office hub where they've got thousands of employees into more of a regional model where they've got satellite offices that have a couple hundred, mm -hmm. um, which is sort of interesting. So, you know, I think there's, in the tech world, it's, I think there's a couple things going on. Obviously, number one, it's easier for people to be remote. 
in yeah. a lot of ways. You know, there's not a you know, manufacturing plant where all the things happen at a location or something like that. You know, um, we're, we're not seeing a lot of customer inter- in engagement um, face-to-face. It's yeah. still all via Zoom. You know, there isn't a lot of discussion around, you know, when am I going to be, you know, we've talked about it. What am I, what's yeah. my next airplane trip yeah. going to be for, for work? And I doubt it will be before the end of the summer, to be honest right. with you. I mean, even though there's some voluntary return to work going on, nobody's talking about large in-office meetings, bringing vendors in, you know, doing the old, you know, dog and pony shows that you used to do. And yeah. you know, those kinds of things aren't happening yet, still all, all virtual. So it's it's in flux is probably the best one word description of what's going on right now. And I think some people are probably good with that, um, but, you know, just depending upon your situation, personality type, you know, that, that just leads to a little bit more anxiety, I think, for other folks because they, they see it's coming, but they don't know when and they don't know what it means for them yet. So, yeah. uh, you know, I've been remote for, for a decade plus now. Yeah. Um, Pre-COVID, my, my work was remote anyway, so this, this hasn't been nearly as impactful for me. Same with you, but, you know, I know for a lot of folks who've worked their entire careers in an office, this has been... A yeah. huge shift and I think a lot of people like it and so now yeah. the idea of going back to the office is kind of like wait a second I don't, yeah. I don't mind uh I don't mind my, my my situation but then there's other folks who you know maybe you're, you're you know you're, you're single you don't have um you know this family supported home probably itching for that interaction back in the office right. so it's a, a variety of emotion yeah. And, and I think that that's the, that's the real big thing. We look at that, again, that concept we talked about a, f- a few weeks ago of homeostasis, right? So we as human beings are, we're amazingly resilient. So we will survive things, but there's a very much different of being in survival mode and producing the best outcomes you can for your team organization, those you serve, so on and so forth. So, so I think one of the real challenges that the leaders need to have on their radar is, you, we are going, things are going to look different. And you, you kind of, you did a great job, Jeff, of saying that that's going to look different for a lot of different people. Like, but I think everybody's life, you know, even, you know, as we transition, I know some manufacturer folks or, or folks working at the homeless shelter, those sort of things, they've been sort of doing it for a while. But as we, as we transition, I think the bulk of our, you know, to some new normal, even like with education, are we, are we taking off the maths next year? Are we, you know, I I think California may be going back in person this week or something like that, or last week. So, so, you know, there's going to be these different levels of transition, but, you know, where I think leaders really need to focus is there's a lot of fear, anxiety about that um, for a variety of reasons. Maybe, you know, I still don't know if my pants fit or not. I think they probably do, but, you know, <laughs> I'm too lazy to go underneath the sink to pull out the scale. So, you know, I'm not sure. I'd like everybody on the podcast to think, yeah, I'm wearing my nice slacks on, but uh, I'm not, you know, so I haven't worn those in a long time. So it's like, That's those right. you, you don't miss them. In- yeah, those all those little things coming together too. Commuting again for folks. Uh, every time I I don't know about you, Jeff. Every time I'm like, boy, it'd be nice to go into an office. Uh, I have a meeting around rush hour in Denver, and I'm like, I'm so glad I don't have to commute into an office. So, so it's all those little things. And and the thing is, when the thing, the message I want to kind of leave leaders with, and and sort of the struggle is, you don't know. That that's the thing. You do not know what your folks have been through um, these last 14 months. And, you know, I've been very open and honest. 
I don't know what I'm going through right now. Uh, am I just like going right. to the What's dark the levels of burnout? I don't think so. Um, you know, what, what is going on with me? Uh, you know, do I need to go get a COVID test? Uh, you know, what, what is, what are these things? So there's, we don't know what they've been through. And I, I just really want to understate too, uh, have you had racial equity talks in, in your workplace? Uh, if you're in the U.S., uh, I don't keep track of news around the world because there's so much going on that I try to keep track of here. There's a lot of people that are really angry, really afraid, re really hurt right now. Not, not just Black Lives Matter, but the violence against Asian Americans. You know, has your workplace had these conversations? And I think the answer for most is no, because we've been in survival mode. And I, that's not the best time to have really these intense conversations. Uh, you know, so are you doing a good job uh, with racial equity within your own, you know, your own house, so to speak? Um, like I said, politics might be walking back through the door as well. Uh, just under four months ago, our nation's capital got taken over. So all of these uncertainties, all this fear, we've been holding all of this. I believe for a lot of people, if I were to diagnose for uh, chronic trauma, I'd probably find the majority of people coming out of this have experienced that. Does that mean everybody needs mental health therapy? Not necessarily. Do most of us could benefit from that to get us back to our best self at work? I think, yeah. I mean, maybe even talking to somebody just for an hour, maybe two, uh, that may even be enough. So the investment employee assistance of programs, but as leaders out there, I'm challenging leaders, you need to access it yourself. Um, I don't care what your mental health is when I say those words. I'm assuming like most of us, the majority of leaders could use probably six sessions to walk through this, talking about how to support staff's mental health, those sort of things easily could fill up six hours. But also you need to give a firsthand account of how folks access that. Uh, you know, what that experience is, is like. And really sort of thinking through is, I hope in the job demands and resource, uh, a series that we did, your staff's mental, emotional, physical health is research-based, proven over and over again to impact your outcomes. If you manage that well, you're gonna have the capacity for engagement and improve your outcomes. If you don't, and like I said, the challenge is coming. It's been there to stay alive, be in that survival mode, but now that's walking back in. And if you don't handle it right, there are consequences to be had, both from the, you know, what whatever your outcomes are, but, uh, but we all worry about our financial, our productivity, those sort of things transcend. And we know uh, we're, we probably got the unhealthiest workforce we've ever had right now walking back in just due to the stress and strain that's been on us. We're going to go through another shift, likely, in some ways for a lot of us. Just you and I, Jeff, we may be on an airplane sometime this year. Now, while I'm really excited about that, man, that just takes a lot of time, right? There's a whole other day I lose when I start to do this. So, like, that's right. again, while, while there's way more excitement than, than uh, worry about that, it's also, you know, right there. So, again... This yep. is going to be measured in turnover rates, uh, in sure. dropping productivity if we mismanage this. And how do you how do you know the health and wellness of your workforce? And that's the the challenge. You don't have to answer heart rate variability. Um, there are potentially other things you could do to measure it, 
but but can you track it in this way? And again, uh, what 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 Optimal gives you less than a buck a day per employee. And again, I, I don't want to make this a sales pitch, but you you just have to do something. If it's not heart rate variability, how are you going to know uh, how many of your staff how are burned out? How do you know who's going to need help? And so to leave uh, with those questions, uh, like I said, I'm excited that we can offer you an answer for that. But even if heart rate variability biometrics isn't, what is? And that's the question I want to leave leaders with is, what is? How are you going to know uh, how well those job resources are doing to help your staff recover? Because that's where we're at right now. A lot of people are going to be in that recovery mode. Yep, that's well said. I mean, and, and to your point, it's it's not only the right thing to do just from a human standpoint, but it's the right thing to do from a business standpoint. Right. And so, you know, we, we, we got to, everybody, you know, leaders are, are responsible for both. And then the good news is this is an investment in both. And yeah. so that's, you know, the, the win-win, so to speak. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent, Matt. Well, every time we do this, we're, you know, a little bit closer to having more and more people vaccinated. I think we're, we're getting close to over 50% here and we might actually be over 50% with the first shot here in Colorado yeah. for adults. Um, so, you know, this, this reality is coming soon. So uh, be, be ready. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, as always, it's a pleasure. Yeah, go check us out, ohrv.com. Uh, if you haven't downloaded the book, you might look at the subtitle and say, oh, this is for helping healing organizations. Uh, pick it up because everything we're talking about, very well described in there. We go into a lot of detail. There may be probably a few chapters you might want to skip, though, with all of our mental health struggling right now. Uh, probably not bad to read those no, more yeah. on trauma and mental health chapters too. So uh, I, I, when I, when we wrote this, I wasn't necessarily thinking this would apply to everybody, but I think more than ever, it probably applies to, to a lot of people yes. in a lot of different ways. So uh, also you can check out show notes and uh, yeah, uh, please uh, send us comments, uh, show suggestions, everything else again, optimalhrv.com. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you're interested in more information about HRV, please visit us at OptimalHRV.com. Also, if you visit OptimalHRV.com, you'll be able to sign up for our email list and download our free ebook, Healing with HRV. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next episode.